Listen up, you are now locked in to our Do It For Hip Hop podcast Bringing back the essence of hip hop Hearing the voices from the artists, the DJs, the movers and the shakers that keep the culture alive Keep it hip hop What up, what up, it's your boy DJ Bugsy Welcome for welcome to I Do It For Hip Hop podcast Featuring Wisdom Body, hip hop journalist She's doing big things. You representing Staten Island, also, you know, representing BK. I'm so excited to bring her on the show. She was actually supposed to come on in April, but things, you know, a conflict of interest. It didn't work out. You know, schedules didn't work out. But we're here today, and we're also um, want to get into my vacation that I just had. You know, I just visited Puerto Rico, and I had an awesome time. It was just unbelievable for my birthday. Um, you know, also had a birthday bash. Yesterday that was super awesome So you know it's just been And I also got an opportunity to meet Lawrence Fishburne and Edward James from American Me And Selena it was just an awesome Experience Puerto Rico hospitality Is on another level I tell Anybody I recommend anybody to Please go to Puerto Rico visit Get a travel agent shout out to Liberty Travel Also I want to give a big shout Out to my queen Bashira She had made everything possible for my birthday And for the trip as well as my Mom and my sister awesome Awesome time unbelievable time Now I want to get into some hip hop Now so DJ Khaled Is releasing a brand new album called Grateful On June 23rd featuring People like Nicki Minaj Future And this guy just doesn't stop His his work ethic is on another level I can't wait to hear it He's, His son is like the, the new face Of his brand basically because his son is everywhere He goes he's on the cover This dude is on another level Shout out to DJ Khaled and everything he's doing For hip hop right now I want to get into Fabulous Fabulous received the key to Brooklyn Shout out to Fabulous Way to go Fabulous well deserved This guy's been rapping for over 20 years now He's been doing this thing Representing for Brooklyn So he definitely deserves that key to Brooklyn No doubt Also not only that But I'm I'm also excited to let fans know and people that listen to this podcast that Pusha T has a new album coming out in 2017 and he has Kanye West producing 85% of the album. It was an album that actually was slated for 2014, but it never materialized and never came out. So people are definitely waiting for that. Speaking of albums, rest in peace to Stack Bundles. The 10 year anniversary of his untimely death was on my birthday, June 11th. And he has an album coming out as well, slated for October 2017. So I'm super excited about that. But not only that, speaking of hip hop, Summer Jam was just passed on my birthday and me Ma put Nicki Minaj on the screen Basically to say that the beef is not over She brought out Little Kim, she brought out Cardi B When is the beef ever going to be over? I don't really know, it just keeps going on And on and on and on, and like I said before Remy Ma is more lyrical than Nicki Minaj Nicki Minaj is not lyrical She's just a just a pop star or Slash hip hop, she doesn't have it In her to do the beef thing, she just doesn't But lo and behold Like I said, it's about that time For my guests to come in And this woman is on another level. When I tell you the knowledge that she has of hip-hop, it's just mind-blowing. Her thoughts on Jay-Z not being a pioneer. Her thoughts on, you know, Rick Ross not being a real MC or a rap artist. He's just a guy that just riddles and, and different, different things like that. Her, her feelings about Talib, Talib Kweli, the real hip-hop people, the people like Chuck D, the people like Cool G Rap, Big Daddy Kane. These are the people that she speaks of. These are the people, and that's what her website speaks speaks of her blog speaks of so i'm happy i'm super excited to bring in 
Wisdom Body to the I Do It For Hip Hop podcast. I'm super excited for my hip hop sister to sit with me tonight to talk to me about hip hop. She is super dope. I actually reached out to her on Twitter. The power of social media is on another level. And she's here. Welcome to I Do It For Hip Hop podcast. Peace. Peace to the hip hop masses out there. It is you know, the Wisdom Body hip hop's journalist. Yes. I am here on the I Do It For Hip Hop podcast with my brother DJ Buzzgy. What's up? What's up? What's up? I appreciate you. I appreciate you. So I was telling the people that initially you were supposed to come on in April, but yeah. it didn't work out. It was actually going to record in New York, yeah. but it didn't work out. I was actually, I actually called you before I was about to get on the E-Way, but you was like, look, Bugs, you know, this, you know what I mean? This ain't working out. Can we reschedule? It took us some time, but we're here by the grace Finally. of God. And I, I love everything you're doing, Wisdom, and you are the authentic hip-hop journalist. And what I mean by that is when I look at people like a Rosenberg or I look at a person like an Ebo or any other journalist, I'm like, they're cool. But when it comes to real authentic to the core, you are the one. And, you, and, 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 and let it be known, you are. Like, seriously, because if you're not the one, I wouldn't have reached out to you. I've been following you some time on Twitter, yeah. and, I, and I'm just baffled by some of your tweets that you say and the things that you say. But we're going to get into that a little bit later. I just want okay. you to talk about your origin. You know, you're not even from the United States, so I want to get into... Oh, I am. I am. Well, I was born in the United States, but um, my your parents, family. my family... right. We are Nigerian. Okay. So get into your origin of, of your, your genesis yourself, but also your hip-hop genesis and what made you get into hip-hop? What brought you into the culture? Okay. So uh, in terms of my uh, my uh, ethnicity right, absolutely. and my heritage, um, mm -hmm. I am Nigerian. Mm. Uh, my parents are both from Nigeria. Okay. We are from the Ibibio tribe. Mm. Which is located in uh, Atanuyo. Okay. The BBOs, we are the f actually the first uh, okay. Nigerian tribe to wow. exist. And um, I am the first born to be born in America. Okay. I was actually born in the Bronx. Mm. <laughs> I was born in the Bronx. So okay. I am actually the first born mm -hmm. in both sides of the family. Okay. So I. You know, based mm -hmm. on the knowledge that I have about the black diaspora, okay. I don't claim to be American because of the logic that there is no such thing as American blood. Okay. 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 So I am Nigerian, uh, 100%, both parents. People are like, oh, you're so light-skinned to be Nigerian. Well, <laughs> you know, that's the ignorance. Uh, there are fair-skinned original people on this planet. Right. Look at Bugsy, you know. Fair-skinned <laughs> people. It exists. Right. But um, in terms of hip-hop, see, growing up, mm -hmm. I was fundamentally mm -hmm. a Michael Jackson fanatic mm. growing up. Okay. Michael Jackson raised me okay i was going around telling people like my teachers in elementary school and junior high school and high school that michael jackson is my father you can go to staten because i am from staten island i was born in the bronx okay <laughs> but i am from staten island so if you go to staten island and if you ask about me they're gonna be like right michael jackson okay so but besides from being a core Michael Jackson master, mm. I did 
like classic hip hop. Okay. So I always used to dig in the crates because I was born in the 90s. Right. In the early 90s. So Okay, the golden era. I was born in the beginning of the golden, golden era. Well, the, my apologies. Mm -hmm. Pardon. The near ending of the golden era. Because okay. if you do know your hip hop eras, you do know that the golden era started in 86 and ended in 93. Okay. Um, but yeah, I was um, the beginning of the late late golden era. I mm -hmm. was born, okay. and I had to dig in the crates. Right. So I used to. We all heard of Grandmaster Flash and right. Furious Five. The message that was a classic song. Absolutely. Um, that song used to be in heavy rotation. Okay. But I always, because I didn't start digging into the crates until like the millennium. Okay. So, because that's when I was old enough. This is when right. the computer age got at large. My mom was going to college at the time, and she was a computer science major. So, mm -hmm. in 1999, I had a desktop computer in my house. Mm, <laughs> so, I, I used to use Napster. And that's yeah. Napster was really LimeWire. Lime I don't think LimeWire. I don't know about then, like yeah. 2000 millennia, but it was Napster. Okay. Number one. I used to go on Napster all the time mm -hmm. and research all these classic hip hop. Okay. My parents were not, I'm, I remember people, I'm Nigerian. Right. My parents had nothing to do with hip hop at all. Mm. Nothing. So, so that's what I mean. So what made you want to do that? Like, well, like I said, you? I was born in the Bronx. Okay. And I you used seen, to go outside. Right. The first song that I heard was LL Cool J's I'm Doing It. Mm, classic. <laughs> <laughs> that song used to be in heavy, heavy rotation. Right, and you in just the, kept hearing it. I just hearing kept hearing it. it. I used to jam to it sometimes. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I started doing the knowledge on LL Cool J. Okay. So LL kind of like was from? the original artist that you kind of like. No. No? Because I just liked the song. I didn't like LL Cool J. Mm, okay. It was just a song. It was just a song. It was okay. a song that really introduced me to the genre okay. at that time. Because remember, that song came out, what, 95, 94? Yeah, I was something like, like that. Yeah. I was three, four years old. Oh, yeah. So I'm going at three, <laughs> so four I years old. So I had to like definitely. dig in the crate. As I got older mm -hmm. and started, you know, like um, Coolio's Gangsta's Paradise was like a really prominent song in um, in my life growing up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Wu-Tang's Cream. Right. Later on, right. it was played. People in the Bronx were playing that. There was someone in my neighborhood Right. I, I, I couldn't, I didn't even have the chance to get to know who they were. Right. That was listening to all these classic hip hop songs. Okay. So as I got older and, mm -hmm. you know, in, into my early adolescence and I gained the ability to do research. Right. I found out about Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, okay. Curtis Blow, Houdini, right. the right. Boogie Boys. Right. And I started listening to these songs. Mm -hmm. And then I went further in and Core, Corley, Big Daddy Kane and Rock Him. Yeah. Corley, Big Daddy Kane, Rock Him, and actually KRS One's mm -hmm. uh, MCs Act Like They Don't Know. Right. Sound of the Police. Peace. Those were played in my neighborhood in the Bronx. Right. Unapologetically, yeah. repeatedly. So right. I knew about KRS One when okay. I was a like little, little girl. Right. But I digged in the crates for Big Daddy Kane and Rakim and the public enemy was very was visually prominent. Yeah. Because they I remember the the uh public enemy logo and right. they, the Chuck D, the face of Chuck D, D, the face of Professor Griff, right, the face of Flavor Flav were the clock. Were the were just pure icons and representation of hip hop for anybody. So That's it true. was like 
public enemy mm-hmm. jamming to their tracks and yeah. already being um nigerian my father was the type of man that mm-hmm. he was very pro he is because he's still here <laughs> he <laughs> is a uh, very pro-black okay and he used to always play me james brown and al green and tendy pendergrass he plays right. all these classic soul music for me and i'm like mm-hmm. I hear this in these records. Right. So that's really what molded. It's like you would think that that's kind of like a lot of um, people mm-hmm. who are, you know, like African-Americans, their yeah. parents, that was like their core um, music selection for their parents, all these Absolutely. soul mm-hmm. hip records. Right. So my father was also into that, uh, not only being into our uh, tribe and Congo music, but mm-hmm. also into you know, soul. Um, black soul music and right. disco. Right. So that basically trickled down to me getting embedded into hip hop and also being around. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when I was growing up, uh, the there were certain artists that were prominent. Okay. Like it was the bling bling era that right. was basically my golden era for people who are like in their forties. Right. <laughs> so, you know, the 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 Joel Santana's dip sets and the 50 cents and the right. what was it? What was G Unit? Right. Um, I remember there was a time Mob Deep did a song with them, and that's how I really got put on to Mob Deep because I'm like, uh, yeah, Mob Deep, who are these on the track <laughs> with? <laughs> right, exactly. Who is so this I did person? The knowledge. And, then yeah. I'm, and then you go back, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. I've right. heard these songs before. Right. So I'm like, this is the sound that I prefer. Like, yeah. I wasn't really into mm-hmm. the music that was coming out at the current time. Like, right. I wasn't in, really into the dip sets and the, and the G units. And right, you was into... I was... And I remember that's what the time Chingy was out and Charm yeah. Billionaire. And yeah, that, that was, was what I grew up... Like, Destiny's Child and 3LW and all yeah. these girl groups started coming out mm-hmm. and the Britney Spears and then yeah. since that was like when right. everybody Vanity was listening came, to everything. Then, yeah, that that time. So, right. But I wasn't really into that. Okay. I was because primarily Michael Jackson was number one. That's right. that's it. All I would listen to. That's speaking it. of speaking of Michael Jackson, and I, it's actually a two part question. So where were you when he died, and when all the news that came out about him with the doctor, did that's, it surprise you? That's very deep. That's really deep. Um, like I said, I mm-hmm. was known. Okay. For being a Michael Jackson like connoisseur. Right. My identity ties with Michael Jackson. Really? If, like I said, if you go and ask about me, everyone is primarily going to be like, they're not going to say Wu Tang, they're going to say Michael Jackson. Right. Um, that news, I, that, that's the worst day of my life. I declare June 25th the worst day of my life. Michael Jackson passed away in the midst of my high school graduation. While you were graduating from high school? Yes. Wow. Um, so the worst day of your so, life was supposed to be the best day of your life. Exactly. And this man helped me get through that entire journey. And for that to happen... Because you looked at him as a father, there, too. Exactly. So it was so... Prom, this is how I knew, like, the prominence is real. Everyone knows the deal with me and my, the way I uplift Michael Jackson. Because right. 
the entire class of 2009 of mm. Curtis High School. Mind you, that year, we were the biggest graduating class in New York City that year. Really? Yes. How many? Uh, I believe I believe we were over like 150 graduates. I think it was like 175 or something like that. We hey, and that's not even a big that. number, but I guess in New York is a big number. For high school. For high or, school. Or for high school, yeah. Yeah. For high school. It could have okay. been bigger than that, but I know, I think it was maybe like 235 or something like that. Okay. But yeah, it was a lot time. of us. We okay. were the biggest of that year. Okay. Um, and being a school from Staten Island. Shout right. out to Shaolin. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> my entire, I'm talking about people that I done fought, people I don't like, people that I know don't like me, mm. were, <laughs> it was crazy how the entire class okay. was telling each other, be quiet, make sure email does not find out right now. Because mm. I remember my homeboy, Jonathan Etienne, he was sitting right next to me. We were all on the track team because I ran track in high school. Okay, you and were good? And it was good? crazy how I sat down. Were you good in track? Yes, I okay. was good. I was one of the fastest girls in Staten Island for the 100-meter dash. Really? <laughs> I had the 55-meter dash. One of the fastest sprinters in Staten Island throughout those four years. Running. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Um, our 4 by one dope. actually won Burroughs three times in a row at one point. We mm. qualified to go to... Uh, Eastern States. Mm-hmm. I actually qualified to go to Eastern States for the DMR, which is a race consisting of the 200-meter uh, dash, 400-meter dash, 800 and 1,000. Mm. Um, and yeah. I ran the 400-meter dash. And wow. my time for the 400 was a 62. 62, um, 62 uh, which Dang. is an hour and two two minutes. Yeah. Not an hour, my apologies. It's a minute and two. Two, um, two, two seconds. Two, two seconds, yes. Yeah. So, um, mm. but... Back to graduation day. Um, I knew something was up. My homeboy, Jonathan Etienne, because he had his phone on him. This is when sidekicks were popular. And I left my phone in my bag. I was like, I'm not going to bring it out. It was too much. I had a sidekick that didn't have any middle button. I had a paper clip. I'm like, I don't got time to be (laughs) dealing with this. (laughs) I'll get that phone later. (laughs) I'm like, I don't have time to deal with that right now. So my homeboy, Jonathan Etienne, was like, yo... I will never forget it. He was like, yo, Michael Jackson's in the hospital. I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. I'm like, I'm just saying like, it's just some tabloid. Right. That he's reading right now. Yeah. So Mm. my other friend next to me just hits him. It's like, yo, shut up. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right. Right. All right, that happened. Then a couple of like, maybe like 30 or 45 minutes later, because that was literally like the ceremony didn't even start yet. Right. This was maybe at... Um, that ceremony because started at like three, like, like five something. Okay. Um, because it was California time. Right. Exactly. So um, then I noticed my gym teacher from junior year was pacing back and forth with a box of tissues mm. around my area, and I'm like, what is Miss Torricelli doing? Right. Why is she? What's going? Why does she have a why? Why is she looking at me like that? Yeah, and then um, my track coach, actually mm-hmm. the uh, Curtis High School boys track coach, Coach Pierce. Okay, who is actually very responsible for right. my uh, conditioning and training, along with Ed Watkins, who recently tr- transitioned. May he rest in power. But mm. uh, Coach him. Pierce right. came around my section and looked at me like he was worried. Right, and I'm like, why is Coach Pierce? Mm-hmm. Looking my way. Right. At that time, I wasn't I wasn't getting along with my primary um, track coach. Okay. But I noticed him glaring at me, 
and I didn't know what was going on. Right. I had no idea. I'm like, yo, maybe it's graduation no day. People just think I'm going to be emotional. I don't know. Yeah. But I just, it was just weird. I just didn't know if it was me in particular. But right. Miss Torricelli was walking with tissues and Coach mm-hmm. Pierce is like pacing back and forth like he's trying to secure something. Like, I, exactly. I didn't know what was going on. Right. So when it was time for me to get my diploma, mm-hmm. I'm talking about it was the weirdest reaction I've ever gotten from that crowd in my life because it was a mixture of people I don't like, people I just fell out with, people that don't like me, people that I fought, and people that I'm very, very close with. Mm. And um, I got a standing ovation. Wow. And um, I just didn't know why. I thought, oh, it was graduation. Right. Oh, yeah, I'm getting my... Oh, everyone is just really happy today. Yeah. Um, so I go back to my seat and people like, congratulations, congratulations. Coach Pierce is like, congratulations. Email. I'm like, yeah, yeah, just graduated. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. right. Uh, the ceremony ends. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first song that came on was Michael Jackson's Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. Mm. So when they played that, I already knew what happened. I didn't. Right. I already knew what happened. Right. Because of what homeboy said. Right. And on then top of why are you just playing Michael Jackson? Jackson. You could have played something else. What, what was popular in 2009? I, I forgot because I wasn't paying attention. But <laughs> you could have played anything, anything else but you played Michael Jackson. Right. And then yeah. my best friend at the time who graduated the same day from a different high school mm-hmm. was like, are you okay? Mm. So yeah. I, <laughs> it was, I've never felt like that in my life. Like, I've wow. never lost anyone close to me. I okay. still have it. Okay. And people don't understand when you are mm-hmm. being a fan of Michael Jackson is not just, yeah, I like, like, it's, you know, people are fans of people, yeah. but you don't, they don't really understand the how deep it is of, yeah. to be a real core Michael Jackson fan to where his music literally raged you. Right. Like, that was the first song I've danced to as a baby. Right. Michael Jackson's Black or White. My mom was a Michael Jackson fan. That's where I got it from. Okay. So it was like... It was in your family. That, that's... Yeah. It, that's it. That's right. all I would be able to listen to. I actually took it to another level. At 10 years old, mm-hmm. I wrote articles in school about him, and I used to decipher his lyrics, and I have a whole <laughs> binder, my red binder that I still have to this day, filled Damn. with my analysis on all of his lyrics. And people don't understand mm. how deep Michael Jackson was, and we understand the controversies, but that right. man was going through a, a lot, lot. Right. mentally. Right. Okay? And, and, and emotionally. Do you think, and do you think that's why he hit rock bottom in certain cases because I mean even with the different sex charges that was trying to be opposed on him which I don't I never thought that he did any of that stuff even though they tried to make it seem like the narrative and media was that he did so do you think all those different variables played a part in the demise of Michael Jackson I I don't ever want to say Michael Jackson came to a demise okay because I just I don't ever think he he's a failure in any way shape or form but they, of course, played a major role in his yeah. mentality right. and his emotional state of being. Mm-hmm. Because here you are the greatest entertainer on the planet. planet. Absolutely. You're the greatest showman on the planet. Absolutely. Great. To me, sorry the greatest artist of all else. time. I'm sorry. I still to Sorry this to anybody else. Yeah. But Michael Jackson's the greatest of all time. 
Absolutely. I don't care if he <laughs> just knows how to play the piano. Okay? Michael Jackson is the greatest entertainer that has ever touched this planet Earth. Yeah. I love James Brown, but James Brown, Michael Jackson comes from James Brown. So what yep. does that make James Brown? Right. But it plays a major role, and that's what the problem was. And that's mm -hmm. what Michael's core focus was, the media. Yeah. And the tabloids right. and the rumors mm -hmm. and the assumptions he and wanted the false to be accusations. He wanted to be accepted. But that's also what the problem was. Mm -hmm. And I know of some things that I can't speak on. Right. Um, private conversations between him and other people to where they were trying to tell him, right. Michael, right. stop right. amalgating with these people. Yeah. You don't have to. They don't. You don't have to. They don't understand what is really for your well-being. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but being Michael Jackson right. and being that you are the one of the most influential people on this planet Earth, right. you feel like you have a duty to a certain caliber of people. Mm -hmm. And there were just some things Michael didn't realize that he didn't have to do, and that that were yeah. very unnecessary. Like that. That's true. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say, you know, uh, every, Michael Jackson had a thorough understanding on things. It's just that when you're in that realm of superstardom, yeah, it's you hard. feel pressured because Michael Jackson was a, perf he, Michael Jackson is a perfectionist. Absolutely. And. To the T. <laughs> if anything went left, he would do everything in his might to correct it. Yeah. And when it came to his reputation. Everything was literally a misunderstanding mm -hmm. because he I was totally so agree. open at times when yeah. it came to anything concerning his legacy. Yeah, I definitely And, agree with you that. know, there, there are a couple of mm -hmm. things that may appear to be contradicting, but mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, he felt like he had no choice. And that's right. how, it, that's, that's just what it was. Um, totally agree. But um, that day is, yeah. uh, every year, it's just... Yeah. Document like my children are gonna know that this is the worst day of the year. Right. Like. Right. That's the June twenty fifth is the yeah. worst. Definitely, and, and and you know, and it's so it's so crazy because that's who I grew up on. Um, he was the first artist that I ever seen before I got into hip hop as well, and then after that it was LL. So it was a lot of things that parallel with me and you and and our walks of life. So that's that's deep within itself. Um. But I want to go back to hip hop because mm -hmm. you spoke about James Brown and recently, well not recently, but Kid Capri, James Brown is Kid Capri's favorite artist of all time. And he said that James Brown is the royal father, godfather of hip hop. And Do you agree correct. with that? I need you to break that down for me because, because listen, I- All I, right. So Yeah, break James that down because I don't, <laughs> I don't- James Brown's whole mm -hmm. identity- Okay. As a soul artist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I need you to break he <laughs> birthed okay. several hip hop elements. Okay. James Brown primarily birthed the b boying element. Of Definitely that. And I agree with that. With the with good the foot. Dance. Yeah, the good foot. That dance is what a lot of b boys founded. That's the foundation. Okay. Of many foot moves okay. in, in the b-boy movement. First off. Okay. Second off, the records of James Brown, were the break beats right. of James Brown, the drummer like Clyde Stubblefield, who recently transitioned, may he rest in power. Mm -hmm. Those break beats on James Brown records were the records that 
Yeah. One of the first records played at any park jam. The disco DJs were breaking James Brown. The hip-hop percussors, the people that came before Herc, Bambata, and Flash were playing the beats, the break beats. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a controversial thing amongst right. our pioneers on who started the break, break beat. Beats. I ain't going to go there right now. <laughs> but... Yeah. DJ Jones, mm-hmm. Maboya, the Disco Twins. They were yeah, playing. Yeah, the Disco Twins. I know about them. They were playing James Brown records. Okay. James Brown records were rocking the house and laying down the floor for these break boys and mm-hmm. break girls okay. to get down. Okay. So, and then on top of that, mm-hmm. let's talk about when hip hop evolved out of the true school era mm-hmm. and into the golden era where sampling became prominent. Yeah, because that's what I wanted to ask you. I think it's safe to say to a certain extent that James Brown records probably are the most sampled records in hip-hop. They yeah. are. Okay, because that's what I thought. The thing is, James Brown's mentality. This is why, this is one of the main reasons why I always make it known that hip-hop culture is a culture for black people. Right. It is a black culture. Right. Because of the 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 the... the prestige and pride of being a black man mm-hmm. in hip-hop. Right. James Brown is one of the main people who started that. Right. Besides the last poets and people in the likes of Gil, um, Gil, Gil Scott, Scott Heron. Heron. Yeah, absolutely, Gil Scott You Heron. know, mm-hmm. the whole identity of being a black man. Right. James Brown shot that. Yeah, he shot the hell out of these young boys yeah. and girls. Yeah. That are prominent individuals in hip hop right now. Yeah, definitely. Okay? I totally so we talk that. about Kid Capri making that statement of James Brown being the true godfather of hip hop is one thousand and beyond correct. Mm, Th- there's no man, doubt because he down. triggered the elements of hip hop. He right. triggered the element. He triggered the b boying element. Okay. He triggered the MC element because right. there were certain phrases that James Brown said that MCs. Were dropping on the mic mm-hmm. in the early in the mid seventies. Right. Okay. So that is one thousand percent valid, and I've definitely heard that before. And mm-hmm. you know, you you there's you you can't can't deny argue it. about that. Yeah, it's true. That's deep. I like how you broke that down. So I want to talk about hip hop of today because I always say on this podcast that I don't really like today's hip hop. It's only a certain few MCs that I can give the you know the armor to and say you are a true hip hop connoisseur, you are a true hip hop MC, or you know I can go on and on. But where do you think hip hop has came from from the eras that we grew up to where it is now? The transitions from different eras because I, I just feel like it's so much lost, and I don't know if the identity of hip hop can ever come back to its truest form. Do you? I don't think it will. And um, why do you I think that think- is? Is it the gatekeepers? I mean, mm. who are or we is it the buyers, the fans? It's the buyers. Okay. It's society mm-hmm. and it's propaganda. The propaganda, not only plague against hip hop, okay. plague against the original people of this planet in this wilderness, beasts of the gods, okay. nerfs. Right. But people, the it is it is the audience. That's okay. it. The audience of today's hip hop. They are affected by the propaganda plague yeah. against our communities. Right. Their mentalities have been 
oppressed mm-hmm. and have been watered down right. to shortened attention spans mm-hmm. to where totally what they consider as talent right. is really what is mediocre and what is going to lead them into their yeah. lower selves. Right. So we have like, you know, even m- people in my age group uh, in their uh, mm-hmm. mid to late twenties, right? they don't, they always talk about, you know, I don't, when I listen to music, I don't want to think. So mm. I don't want to really listen to Nas or I can't really listen to Rakim all the time. Or, mm. you know, uh, when they talk about some underground artists, like, right. oh, I can't really listen to like some Nitty Scott or some Ciroc because I got to, th- I got to sit there and I got to really pay attention to what their lyrics are. And I don't got time for that. So I want to listen to whatever. I don't really know these people names. There's so many of them. What future? Uh, yeah. 21 Savage. Uh, whatever that is. I, th- you know, right. I just, <laughs> They don't want to listen to music with substance anymore. Right. Music reign, the purpose of song is to express substantial thought and substantial emotion. Right. Hip hop evolved out of that. Absolutely. Because of how hip hop became monetized. Because how hip hop became marketed. And we want to go into culture vultures playing a major part into the state of hip hop today. And culture vultures are a part of the propaganda. There's Mm. nothing that the original people can do that the culture vulture doesn't make an attempt to come and infiltrate. Okay. Okay? Mm -hmm. And it's very, very unfortunate. It is. um, How now it's not even that, you know, these people who are Mm -hmm. hitting the charts. Right. Quote unquote. Are even mentally equipped with those core intentions. Yeah. Like they don't have, they don't even have the knowledge of themselves. They don't even know what's going on with their nation or mm-hmm. their race today. They don't understand right. it right. well enough because they don't care. Right. They've, they've been, especially these millennials. I really don't consider myself a millennial. No, I, I feel don't like the either. millennials are like the 21 year olds and under. Or yeah. Maybe. That, that that they're like millennials, but you a different breed. So even if you even if you was born even if you was twenty one, twenty two, I still don't think you would like today's hip hop. You are a different breed, and I think that your parents orchestrated you to be a different breed. And I think that's why you're a different breed because the influence of your childhood is a different kind of animal than these other people. But the thing that's weird to me is that when I listen to these new rappers like a Future or Twenty One Savage. Y'all grew up on T.I., Young Jeezy, Ludacris, and it's like... Yeah, that's that's also my era, too. Yeah, I forgot about them. It's like, <laughs> it's like how did they influence you to produce this? Like, I, and even well, with and even with Future, well, he was with the Dungeon family. The Dungeon family, they, they was well, good. So it's like, how did you, you skip... What did you miss? <laughs> well, those, <laughs> uh, you? those MCs that you just... Well, sorry. Those rappers you just mentioned are rappers. Okay. Uh, T.I. Jeezy. But Ludacris is lyrical. Ludacris is lyrical. I'm sorry. I like listen. I, I don't know how you Ludacris, feel about Ludacris. Wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Ludacris is very lyrical. Thank you. But 
Like, yo, um, this dude. The, the music that he was, like, we know Ludacris can spit. Yes, we do. But the songs that, that hit the charts were hit makers. Yeah. Not really exposing his potential. Sure, right. Like, you know, does uh, Joe Budden's Pump It Up really Shows showcase Joe? Joe Budden's lyrical ability? No, not no. at all. Not but he knew that this is how I can make a hit song. Yeah, but it was for the he's label. He's so much of a true MC mm-hmm. that he doesn't want his albums to be bombarded with that because it's not like he's trying to really exploit his talent. Right. Unlike people in the likes of T.I. and Ludacris, Jeezy's mm-hmm. a different story. Okay. Why he a different story? Cause he's a re- he is a lyricist. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, Jeezy uh, <laughs> G- G- is cer- he, certainly a lyricist he in his doing, own right. He be doing his thing. He do. But um, it's it's not elite. Okay. It is there, but it's not elite. Right. Just like Ludacris, it's there, but it's not elite. Like Ludacris, you're not Redman. Right. Or Scarface, for that matter. You're not Scarface. You ain't Redman. You ain't too short. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, it, it, they, they, they are like that generation that were like, it, it's mixed. It's like, I want to, I have stuff to write, rap about. Wow. I, I want to rap about it, but I also really, really want to get this money too. Yeah. In this it caught up between, yeah, a rock and so a hard place. It, it, they, that's mm. what it evolved into. But then the mm. next generation completely just lacks the soul to right. even want to have anything to rap about right. to where it's like, oh yeah, look at T.I., look at Jeezy, look at Joel Santana, look at 50 Cent, look at Jay-Z. I don't right. even, look at Jay-Z. Right. Completely mesmerized by the rapper lifestyle. Yeah. The rap culture, hip-hop mm-hmm. culture as it evolved into in the uh, after millennial era Okay. So now these kids are like, I, ju- I just want to be a rapper. I just want to be on TV. I could get bitches and videos. I could do this and that. Mm-hmm. And that's what, it's, that's what it is right now. Yeah. That's why people, we talk about the ignorance of these modern day artists and the likes of uh, Little Yachty and Uzi right. and yeah. the rest of them. I don't know. Yeah. The rest of them. They're <laughs> so ignorant yeah. right. when it comes to what they're doing and the label of hip hop that what they're doing is posted on. Right. Like, do you understand that what you're adding on Mm -hmm. is an abomination to where it came from? Absolutely. Like, did we expect hip hop to evolve into something so watered down and so demeaning towards the culture for black people? Right. Right. Did we expect this? I don't think so. I, well, I know. I well, didn't. if anyone is sharp enough to really do the knowledge, mm-hmm. it, it you would see it coming. Okay. Because mm-hmm. we want to talk about the golden era of hip hop. At that time, that's when hip hop that that's when it happened the most, and it was the most damaging. Right. Because it got monetized. We had a lot of rappers speaking of substance, speaking righteous, doing righteous things like Public Enemy, Big Daddy Kane, KRS-One, Rakim. Right. Even NWA, even though um, one of the main rapper was not even a rapper, but they were basically (laughs) dropping things of substance. Yeah, they was. Like, fuck the police. (laughs) Exactly. Straight out of Compton. Exactly. Listen, classics. So we have... The movie was unbelievable. You didn't like the movie? The movie was 
horrific. That movie was horrible. It was? Really? I, I think it was really, really bad. Wow. I feel like it was too short. Well, that's this, because they, they crammed everything they in that short time. Instead in of it being short time that it was just so inaccurate. And it eh. and then it was just uh, hmm, I think they over exaggerated certain things. Okay. And they just cut through so much that it kinda it like really it really didn't make sense. I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I just, yeah, I don't know about that movie. I, it, it, you it, didn't it, like it, it. I did not like it. I, I didn't like it. So I, speaking of movies, because Tupac Shakur, All Eyes on Me, comes out Friday, and Benny Boom is a director, phenomenal, iconic video director, and he's done, he's done, he got a few movies under his belt. Yeah, representing Philly, Temple U's own alumni. What do you think that this movie is going to do for hip hop? And so many people was excited about it. I heard a lot of good reviews, people that have seen it mm -hmm. before it actually came out. And I and I and I'm hoping that it does justice for Tupac Shakur because Tupac Shakur has been under a little roof because of Funkmaster Flex claiming that Tupac Shakur shot himself during a robbery in 1995 at Quad Studios, which I totally disagree. And Tretch had a diss and it just turned yeah. out of control with whack and just yeah, everything yeah. trying to kill Tupac's legacy. So what do you think the movie's going to do? Do you think it's going to be a good spin? Do you do, or do you think it's going to do the same thing NWA movie did? Like, how do you feel about that? I don't really feel like that whole flex thing is. I don't think it was it it was that mm -hmm. influential to even try to near tarnish Tupac's quote unquote legacy. Right. But I think the movie would be a good look for the legacy of Tupac Shakur because. Okay. It, the way it's been marketed uh, yeah, has been marketed in a very, very attracting manner to the younger generation. Definitely. Who they knew, they know that they saw Tupac Shakur as this. They know he's like a legendary rapper from the 90s. And yeah. they know that there's a 90s hip hop head culture or right. fan base out there. So they're interested to know what is it that they're so intrigued about. Yeah. And they see how the movie mm -hmm. with the, the content it entails and what right. about Tupac Shakur it's going to express. Mm -hmm. So if the if it's really as good as the you know the pre reviews stated is, is right. I think it will Are you actually go see post it? positive. I, I I might. Okay. Okay. I might. Okay. I might go and see it. Speaking of Tupac, you made an interesting tweet about Tupac and Biggie that basically indicated that it's not fair to put those two rappers in the stratosphere of being higher than other MCs that came before them, their predecessors. Can you touch on that? Because I thought that was an interesting dynamic because I feel like when I look at the way I was raised and, and just how I heard hip hop, and even if I go back to cold, cold chilling records days till all the way to Death Row and Bad Boy, it's just it's just something about them that just was special, and and it, and it's not even their death. Like I just feel like Biggie didn't have enough opportunity really to sh showcase what his, I think that his plateau. He didn't reach his plateau. Like he really, really didn't. I think Tupac didn't either, but I think he did more in his lifetime than Biggie did. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like I think Biggie did it with less. Tupac had more opportunity to do it. But where do you fit those guys at? You know, I know you look at other people like a Koozie rapper, Rakim, on another stratosphere and probably equal to them. Why do you feel like that way? I want you to get into that, that um, tweet. The, the reason why I feel that way is because, one, <laughs> okay. uh, I don't 
they 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 weren't here long enough. Their okay. lives were cut short. Okay. And there we have people who, like I said, who have been here longer than them. Okay. Who have surely accomplished more. Okay. And who are, who had the time and ability to actually really master their craft as MCs. Mm. And I, I believe the reason why the uh, majority of hip-hop puts Tupac and Biggie on that plateau is because at the time of their prime, they were so influential at a time where hip-hop was truly, mm-hmm. globally, a phenomenon. And this is why I call the 90s the 90s phenomenon. There's a difference between the golden era and the 90s. Mm. 90s phenomenon. The golden era is the first three years of the 90s, not the rest of the 90s. People need to understand that. Yeah, yeah. Can you? Can yeah? Because I don't. I thought. See, you making me. You teaching me something today. Because I th- always thought that the golden era was also Tupac, Biggie, nine five, nine six, nine four. No. When he dropped the one more chance remix, no. Big Papa. So it's no. not. You cannot put the era of. Public Enemy, Ice-T, N.W.A., Big Daddy Kane, and Rakim with Wu-Tang, Biggie, Nas. Tupac, Nas. Those are, that's an evolution. Okay. Biggie, Tupac, Nas, Jay-Z, all of that. That is a hip-hop from the golden era evolved. In which you would notice a lot of MCs and groups from the golden era, the late 80s, didn't make it to the 90s. Right. So it's a completely different state of hip-hop. That's the reason why they called that era with Big Daddy Kane and Rakim and mm. uh, NWA the golden era is because after the true school era, which is where the Curtis Blow and Houdini's come from, after that era, mm-hmm. this is when we had an abundance of legitimate elite lyricists hitting the mic mm-hmm. and putting it on wax mm-hmm. and it was just a phenomenon of them okay. dropping righteous rhymes. Right. So they called it the golden era because it's like that time that hip hop was really, really a community thing. Okay. But people were still hitting right. like getting record deals and so that's when it started. Right. So that's why it's like, oh, it's starting abundantly. This is the golden era. But okay. the 90s phenomenon is when all that righteous rhyming died down, okay. and gangster rap started to hit, thanks yeah. to like EPMD. D. Even though EPMD comes from the golden era, they are one of the very few who made who kind of made it into the nineties because yeah. they didn't make it as EPMD. Because they, they had Death Squad going Death on. Squad. Yeah, absolutely. But that whole era, that whole. You know, then we had Lords of the Underground, Ground. and that's when oh Red God. Man was coming out. Diggable Planets. Diggable Planets, also for another form of righteous rhyming. But yeah. things were beginning to change, and right. it was another evolution of hip-hop occurring. And mm. we, the female MC was being more represented. Definitely. So it was like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was another version of hip-hop occurring. And okay. certain people who were in their prime mm-hmm. just could not make hit records in the right. night. It was done for them because right. they are embedded and have a foundation of a certain hip hop style mm. that the nineties was just, was not interested anymore. 
Okay. So the, mm, that's, that's why I call the 90s the 90s phenomenon. That's the proper term to call that era with the Biggie and Tupac and the Wu-Tang and the Busta Rhymes. And that's the proper term for it because it was a phenomenon right. of an abundance. It's, we didn't only have like the gangster rappers right. coming out and, 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 and hitting the ways. Right. We had the, the quote-unquote conscious raps like De La Soul was coming out with stuff. Mm -hmm. um, we had the Diggable Planets coming out with stuff. Absolutely. It was very, very... This is when the sub-genres of hip-hop began to just okay. go buck wild. Right. It wasn't just... Either you're this or that. It's either you're going to make a hit record and you're not a rapper or you're going to make a hit record and still be a, a freestyler and a lyricist. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like that anymore. Okay. Subgenres began to come out. Other, the West Coast began to, began to come at large. So the mm -hmm. 90s was a phenomenon. Right. So it's not... The good, people need to like respect the golden era and keep it where it's at. Yeah. And okay. don't, don't try to mix it them. with the yeah. night because it's a complete... The things have happened to people. Right. Careers have died down in the 90s. You can't, right. don't combine it with them. It's, it's separate. Yeah, it's separate. It's still Just like you can't combine 2000 into, you know, where we at now. Because that was all. Kanye West, you know, 50 Cent and all that. Not, so. not at all. You can't compare the early millennium to like when 50 and, and Kanye came. That's another, yeah. that's another evolution. Yeah. You, like you can't, you just can't do it. It's not the same era. The bling right. bling era and I, I don't really, I don't even know. After that, I don't really know what to call it. But yeah, it's, me either. It's, just, it's not the same. <laughs> I don't know what era. I, yeah, this era, yeah. I don't know what to call yeah, it's it. Like, it's, I would just call it the perp era. Everybody's on perp and everybody's on drugs. <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and that's that all is, they talk that about. Is, that is it's the sad unfortunate to say. thing. And that's yeah. the reason. That's one of the main reasons why the popularity of these substances at large, even right. though there was a popularity of substances in every single era of hip hop. Right. Okay. We talk about the cocaine era of the eighties. Hello. Yeah. But, um, the, 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 the prominence of marijuana in the nineties. Hello. Mm -hmm. But yeah. now it, it's even worse right. because these, uh, unfortunately mm -hmm. our children, our young, uh, adults, you know, based on mm -hmm. their foundation, which right. is who, where they come from or what they're surrounded by, who they're connected with, right. they don't take priority as to the wellness of themselves. Exactly. And they don't really care about the wellness of themselves to right. where it's like, I'm going to party every weekend. I'm going to do this perp or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I'm, I really don't care about what my elders have to say. Exactly. I really don't care about really investigating things. They don't, right. they're very ignorant. Right. And they think everything's on Google too. Everything is not on Google. Right. Sometimes you you gotta actually sit down and go out and do the knowledge on it. Yeah. You know. Respect. This is why I got into hip hop journalism. Right. Because of the sake that there are an abundance of stories and there's mm -hmm. a lot of information out there that you're not going to find on the internet. No, you're not. About very pivotal things moments. in hip hop. Yeah. Because Those this moments. is what I don't want to happen, and this is the main reason why I went into hip-hop journalism okay because i don't want to see hip-hop in the future get to a point where mm -hmm. when we're talking about hip-hop history people are starting from the 90s like to where people don't even know about rocket right that would be very unfortunate yeah it would. so it would. no one Peace is really God no one is really mm. interested they try to hit it sometimes, but no one's really interested in the pioneers. Right. No one's really interested about the pre 
precursor events that actually brewed hip hop. Exactly. I'm talking about before Herc, before Bambada, before Flash. Okay. I'm even talking about before The Last Poets and before Gil Scott Heron. Mm. Let's start with Pigmeat Markham, with mm. who, who, who wants to judge in 1920s. We have to understand the building blocks of hip hop culture. We, we do. And if we don't, if no one makes an attempt to save it, right, we'll be in we're going to be doomed to where right. eventually they're going to think Tupac was a white man. Right. And we don't want that to happen. Not at all. Not we at all. do not want that to happen. So, you know, we have all these. Um, mm-hmm. I am not shooting shots at nobody. Oh, no, but, not at all. You know, You're speaking freaking from the heart. That's you know, what it's about on the podcast. Speak from exactly. the heart. Exactly. I do it for hip hop. That's right. Exactly. That's what we do it for. We have these publications that, mm-hmm. um, you know, you hire these writers that actually go to school and right. earn a degree in communications or therapy, book, book theory, book theory type. Yeah. yeah. And um, they get on these radio stations and mm-hmm. become writers for these publications. And it's like you have to, I guess they assign them to write about certain things. And right. They write it with such, like, Generic okay. context, right? With no soul, no in depth, no depth at all. And right. I'm like, this is a prominent pub, prominent publication for hip hop culture, right? And you're you have writers that are really oblivious, yeah, to what to, it is already, right? They're learning through this experience, which is a beautiful thing, exactly. But let's let's get it straight here, right? If you're going to write about something Rakim is doing, you you got to do it right. Yeah, like you know, I, I'm one. I'm involved in a, a you know, a, a mm-hmm. s- certain organizations to where you know you're gonna speak about Rakim, you gotta speak about him with, with a certain <laughs> amount of substance. Right, you can't be one dimensional. Right, and that's how I would say ninety percent of hip hop. Um, publications, publications, and hip hop officials already have the, the mentality, which I, which I don't like. Yeah, um, I don't like that either. So, mm, you know, d- despite if I were to ever get a chance to write for any of these publications or not, mm-hmm. my duty is to always preserve the potency of hip hop history. Right. And hip hop legacies of individuals. Right. Yeah. I don't care if you were the MC of Cool DJ AJ, right? Like um um the um <laughs> like Tyski, right? Um, M- um Tyski the MC who was mm-hmm. the MC of um Cool DJ AJ who was Curtis Blow's DJ. May mm-hmm. he rest in power because he transitioned about uh, um two years ago. Okay, and. That's prominent. That's yeah. that's prominent information. Whoever was there doing the building blocks of hip hop, because mm-hmm. you don't know where the future of this history is gonna go. That's so, true. however I can preserve it, I will. Whoever I can get, I will. Mm-hmm. Like people, you know, like the legacies of people like Spoonie G and Lovebug Starsky. Yeah. You gotta know about these people because right. these people are the are the original MCs who yeah. made the MC a popular being in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Without Definitely. them, you there would be no Yachty and whatever, whatever. Yeah. Like they, and, you guys and Biggie wouldn't... talked about it on his first single, Juicy. <laughs> he talked about those two guys as you just named. Exactly. So they definitely important. I wanna I wanna change gears a little bit because you have a very interesting website blog. And I want to know what made you start it. And the name is like, mm-hmm. 
It's like, yo, like, how did you come up with that name? Like, that's very interesting. Can you get into that a little sure. bit? Uh, the, well, I, I kind of just got into it a little bit. The main reason why I started Old School Hip Hop Lust is because I saw a severe void okay. in hip hop journalism. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. this recent, I would say, what are we, in 2017, right. uh, the past... Six mm-hmm. years, uh, right. social media, social networks has become very prominent with, unfortunately, mm-hmm. with journalism. Mm. And uh, with the documentation of all things, right. the legitimacy of all things, with news and such, it's become very prominent, a prominent platform to, to uh, drop these things. Right. So I've noticed um, that there's been a phenomenon of... Uh, "Quote unquote hip hop heads. Okay, hip hop heads are not people who are interested in modern day hip hop. Hip hop heads are people who are interested in old school hip hop and classic hip hop. And right, I've noticed that a majority of them mm-hmm. uh, view it from a very one dimensional point. Right. They're strictly interested in the lyrics and the beats, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of majority of them are not black. Mm. And I kind of have a problem with that." Okay. Um, and it's very important that because mm-hmm. of the the mass audience that does have a have a connection to old school hip hop, mm-hmm. it's important that they know about the logic behind it and right. the origin of it and where it came from and who it's really for, yeah. so they can really know their place. Right. Because a lot of them don't know their place and okay. we talk about culture vultures. The same thing with the fans as well. Um, you know, mm. they come in and they. Right. You listen to a Rakim record and you think you know what Rakim's talking about. Or you <laughs> think you understand the, the point he's trying to make Mate. when you are you lost. completely are lost from it. Right. Or you think that Rakim is a hip-hop pioneer. You think that's when the culture started. A lot okay. of them don't even care about Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. They don't have that on their phones. They don't right. have that in their, on their iPods. Right. A lot of them don't even care about mm-hmm. how what influenced DJ Cool Herc. They're not embedded right. into that culturally. Genetically, they're not. Okay. So it's important for someone who's genetically connected. Yeah. Who's actually witnessed how hip hop can influence a young person. Right. Like I've lived in the Bronx. Right. I've been in households where, in my house, where outside the whole entire neighborhood in summertime is blasting old classic hip hop music. Records. Yeah. Okay. I've been there. I've done that. I've seen, I've been in classes with kids whose parents are connected to this. I understand exactly the fundamentals and, and, the, and the building blocks of this. The majority of the hip hop head mm-hmm. community, right. fan base, Please. whatever you guys think you are, they, I'm sorry because they're my readers. 16,000 of y'all. <laughs> but that's just the truth. So your website has done very good since you started it in 2014. Yes. yes. That's yes, awesome. I really didn't expect it right. um, to blow up like that on the Tumblr platform. Yeah. Um, but the, one of the main reasons why I mm-hmm. s- chose old school hip hop lust okay. is because it's like the feeling that majority of hip hop heads have. They feel like they love hip hop. No, Dude, you really have a lust, lust for, for this. Because I a lot of you guys, it. it's like, yeah, you understand it. Mm-hmm. And even if you, you do eat it, love it, you sleep it. You sleep it. It's like you really have a lust for it, but you yeah. can't actually. Hip hop is not a person where you can actually take it in. Right. But even though a lot of y'all do try, listen, I see you. <laughs> um, I see you chicks at events, and 
I see y'all backstage trying to chase yeah. such and such and such, such and such. Y'all need to just cut it out. But that's a part yeah. of the lust. Right. That's a part of the hip-hop lust, the groupies. It's <laughs> the a part groupies. of it. Yeah, um, it's a part of the culture. It's it, been going it, it's, on it's, since it's, the beginning it's, of time. It, for the beginning of time. Yep. Even the, the, I'm uh, sure Grandmaster Flash, Bombada... Uh, Gil Scott Heron can all tell stories about that. Potter. But um, yeah. Um, oh well, that's another story. <laughs> that's a complete another entity of information. Yeah, but, um, definitely. Yeah, I just noticed that mm-hmm. it's a real feeling of lust, right? That a lot of hip hop heads have for the music because you yeah. have it for the music, right? For the music, definitely. But you don't have it for the history right you don't have it for the people who who, who built it and it's a, it's, it, it's not a bad thing but it's right. like it's a lust for the music okay. um because you know the tumble platform is mostly a visual thing mm-hmm. but i this is why i didn't expect my blog to go as big as exactly. it did on there because yeah. i'm writing articles on right. there editorials right. opinion pieces yeah and they're getting likes and they're getting reblogs they're getting feedback and people are enlightened yeah and i it makes me feel good that i know i'm not right trying to mm-hmm. make you run away from hip-hop yeah i just want you to know that this is what right. these are the people involved mm-hmm. this is how these elements came into play exactly it's important that you know this if you claim to be a lover of it or right. a luster of luster. it i call them lusters a lot <laughs> do you call them lusters <laughs> oh so do you do you ever say that on your blog like if someone like replies to an editorial or something you might have done you do you ever say you're because you're a hip-hop luster did you have you ever no no, no i don't no. i don't i don't, don't, don't want like that but yeah. you know I let them. I let them soak in the information. I let okay. them soak in the knowledge, and yeah. you know they they keep it pushing, and right. they learn from it. They feel enlightened. I appreciate it. You yeah, know, I, that that's my duty. Right. You know, that is right. my duty as a civilized person who does listen to this uh, music as well. Right. To educate the masses on how it came about. Mm-hmm. I'm not focused. On, I'm really. You know, I really don't care about up and coming artists. I don't. I, I don't want to listen to. Yeah. I don't care about your mixtape. I don't yeah. care about your SoundCloud. Oh I am God. focused on the history of this culture <laughs> and how it came up about. And I'm here to preserve the culture. The culture, and that's, that's it. it. I am headstrong, right. focused on that duty. Okay. It's a duty of mine. And, okay. Uh, you know, okay. I and you have a love for it and a passion. I, and for I it. have a passion. I have a passion for it because the music that. Has mm-hmm. it actually touched my soul? Mm-hmm. Has at times saved me. It saved a lot of people, even yeah, whether definitely. you're white, black, or whatever you are. Right. It saved you at a certain point too, but yep. for a certain dynamic of people, and this is just the logic of it. Right. This is the science of it. It's not yep. to offend nobody. Nope. But for a certain people of a certain genetic makeup, which is more original to this planet Earth, right. it has a, a bigger impact on us. That's a fact. And um. Because it has such a big impact on us, is mm-hmm. the reason why its state today is at the level it's at. Right. And this is what people need to con- understand and connect the dots to. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to sit here and think that you, or, you know, it's not like right. there are people who are really a part of this culture. Right. That, That's a fact. That you, the listeners need to really, really understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, you really do have a heart for this. You would try to do something to preserve. Right. Like we have a lot of people that are not black and who are not culture vultures, um, who do do mm. everything that they do is to 
mm-hmm. help out these legends and help preserve yeah. their legacies. Like right. my good friend uh, DJ J Ronan from All Elements Music. Okay. Okay. He does everything in his power. Okay. To help out hip hop legends. He was uh, working. He was very close to Sean Price. Mm. He has a studio in in um, in, um, in Flatbush, Brooklyn, okay. to where a lot of legendary MCs go, and he records them, and he actually puts out mixtapes. There's dope. been a mixtape that he did um, that has Rod Digger on it, mm. um, 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 Little Fame from M.O.P., okay. Sadat X from Brand Nubian, right. um, my homeboy Sav Kills from Brooklyn. Uh, That's what's up. Like. Uh, <laughs> Just like I can't, it's just an abundance of right. legendary MCs yeah. that he gathers together and throws mixtapes and put them on, and it's highly appreciated. Yeah, definitely, we need you're more doing of that. Some, we need more of that. Like you're yeah, doing definitely. something to preserve the culture, culture, and you're not violating. Right, right. You know, you're you're, you're you're staying in place. You're playing your position. You're making an observation, and you're contributing with what you have without. Oppressing others, and I appreciate yeah. that of of, of 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 people like Jay Ronan. Yeah. So you know, that's dope. I like that. I, I like, like that. to showcase people like that, and yeah. um, anything that mm-hmm. I can do right. to also preserve this culture, I do, and I do it through journalism because right. journalism is one of the main pillars of uh, authority. Yeah. In, right. Uh, in the world. Yeah, definitely. And uh, definitely. you know. With clumps to hip hop history, we have had mm-hmm. classic hip hop historians that I take after mm-hmm. people like Davy D, yeah. uh, people like uh, Troy, uh, right. uh, and um, Van Silk of Rap Mania. Yeah, Van these Silk. are people mm-hmm. who uh, do everything and they because they were there, exactly, especially um, 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 um Van Silk. He was the one who was making the flyers for like Grandmaster Flash and Love Starsky in the mm-hmm. um, late seventies, early eighties. Like yeah. he's still here dropping that knowledge. Like yeah. we need that is essential to me. Right, we and it's people, priceless. Yeah. It's priceless when it's, you get knowledge priceless. from them guys. That's that's on another level. Now, what I want to ask you is, um, it's a it's a two part question, and I want to know what's next for for you moving forward and pushing the culture, and also what is your top five. Hip hop albums of all time and your top five MCs of all time. Hmm. Okay. Well, what is um, next for me is yeah. I am actually launching a, another website. Okay. Um, which would be wisdombodypops.com. Mm-hmm. And on there, I'll be dropping a lot of more in depth articles on hip hop history. Okay. But I'll be also be touching mm-hmm. base on my pro black um, rhetoric. <laughs> which I'll be okay. basically dropping down a lot mm-hmm. of controversies that happen in the black community. Okay. Um, also in, in hip hop and just making people really understand how much of a black culture this is. Okay. I don't want to primarily do that on old school hip hop lust. Yeah. Because um, majority of my readers are from overseas and mm. a lot of them are not only from overseas, but they're from like the West coast and okay. they're very young. Okay. Very young. I mean, I mean, as young as nine years old. 
Wow. He's nine years old, reading my articles. Wow, that's dope. The elements of hip hop. So yeah, I'm launching that, and I mm-hmm. am also launching a podcast. Um, I've been planning this since. Like, oh yeah, January. you did tell me that. Yeah. Congratulations! Thank I can't you. wait. I can't. I actually can't wait to be an invite so you can oh, interview yeah, me. You, definitely. That's and research def- me. <laughs> We that's can, a we can, we that's, can switch roles. I would that love that experience. Because you're, because, because I just know, like, because you're a journalist and from a journalist's perspective, because we both are just different lanes, it, it's just that I know when you do your interviews, it's just like when you write, you you going, you know, you going in and out, you going every which way. So I can't wait to experience what that's like being questioned by you. I know yes, that'll be a yes, hell of an experience. And I will, oh, I will primarily have a mm. lot of hip hop legends and pioneers on my show okay um like i plan to have spoonie g come on because um, okay. we had an interview set up for last year um i'll also be bringing up tyski who was cool dj aj's mc okay so we can really hear you know the true story behind it all b- 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 behind it all right. uh i may also have uh, raheem from grandmaster flash and the furious five on because okay. these are people that i do build with and, okay uh, these are people that you know, I I I know for mm-hmm. a fact want to drop knowledge. Drop knowledge on what happened in their era. Um, you might even have some insight about the African Bambada situation. Who knows? But mm, I know that deep. since I have that ability to get to to gain access to these people, people. yeah. It, it can definitely happen. I will certainly mm-hmm. have Paris Smith from EPMD on. I've actually did an interview with him at the Roots Picnic. Almost lost it and caught a heart attack, but I found it. (laughs) And I will be publishing that soon. That's dope. Um, And of course, I, Mm -hmm. Big Daddy King will certainly be a guest. Oh, yeah. I've seen y'all pictures and stuff. Yeah. Shout out to BDK, man. The legend. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So the goal is to Mm -hmm. maintain and lift hip hop legacies. That's what the Wisdom Body does. I know that's right. And um, okay, so my top five albums. Yeah. Thank you. You know, I really don't think of these things. I don't. You'd be surprised. I don't think of these things. So okay. I'm really. Ah, gosh, this is difficult. My top <laughs> hip hop album. It might be a little bit controversial because you go, how are you gonna name that and then name that. So I'm just gonna name top of the five, top of my head. Okay. Number one. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, number one, mm-hmm. Wu-Tang Forever. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm sorry, everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Wu-Tang Forever is just like... Crazy. I don't know who's... I, it's I, crazy. I can't. I, I can't. <sighs> number two might be like a shocker, but I don't care. This is the wisdom body. Okay. <clears throat> All for one. Brand okay. new Number three, I'm going to say Red Man's Muddy Waters. Classic, yo. I love that album. Just love it. That's my favorite Red Man album of all time. Yeah. I'm talking about that's that's cross-breeding Red Man Mm. at his top. Yeah. Muddy Waters is a... Mm. And that cover is crazy. Yeah. The fact that he wanted to be muddy with the boots and his hat, glasses and the hat, like classic <laughs> album cover, yeah. 
album covers from the golden and 90s phenomenon. Nothing beats them mm. album covers. Nope. Nothing. No, not at all. Oh, wait a minute. Number two? That was, that was oh, my, that's three. That now was you three, want four. So I'm going to name four. Mm-hmm. But I, this is, I mean, I don't know if I'm going, I don't, I'm don't. i not going in order. After Wu-Tang Forever, is no order. Because <laughs> <laughs> Wu-Tang Forever is just number one. But Big Daddy Kane's, it's a Big Daddy thing. Yeah. Yeah. Young Gifted in Black right. is my favorite track. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is, that, that ball, album is, it's crazy. you know, Big Daddy Kane soft my album, mm-hmm. and this is Big Daddy Kane after getting signed right. and really observing mm-hmm. this the state of his MC identity, yeah, and completely in evolution mode. Right, right, definitely. The combination of the songs with you know his sex appeal mm-hmm. and the righteous rhyming. Right, that's that's an elite MC. Yeah, definitely. Forever will be an elite MC. Oh yeah, without without a doubt, without a doubt. And, and number five. Number five. I have to put this in my if I'm gonna ever name a top anything that yeah because I really love this rapper like he's one of my favorite rappers. okay so you of course he's gonna be named later right but Supreme Clientele by Ghostface Killer mm, classic I love that album Wu Banger One on One is just <laughs> just like, I just. That track is just that album is just it's crazy. It's crazy. I you know But I do like Iron Man. I do Iron like Iron Man, Man is too. It's a classic. Though. Yeah, okay. I really like Iron Man. Like, though, you so. know, these it's just I love Supreme Clientele. It's a right. personal favorite. Like okay. I love I love Supreme Clientele. Yeah. So those are my crazy. top five. All right, so now that, top well, five. Well not MCs. that's not my top five besides Wu Tang Forever. Yeah. I I you know what? I'm lying. Hmm. I, you know what? <laughs> because honestly, there are a couple of more albums that would be in my top five. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to mix it up a bit. Okay. It's 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 a lot. Damn, okay. It's a lot. But we gonna do MCs now. Yeah, we gonna do MCs. Okay. Number one, <laughs> Big Daddy Kane. Okay, I can respect that. Big Definitely. Daddy King number one. That's Definitely can respect like that. an elite lyricist yeah. that is so dimensional, mm-hmm. multi-dimensional yeah. with his abilities. Right. He's a showman at the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Definitely. Not only is he a lyricist, right. but he is a showman. Yeah. He's, he's a, a dancer. Double. He's he the double can threat. Produce. Mm-hmm. People don't. <laughs> as well, you'd be surprised. That's crazy. You'd be surprised of what he's really involved in, right? When it comes to his own, yeah, his but own thing. Yeah, Big Daddy Kane is the beyond ideal, right? MC of yeah. hip hop culture. Absolutely, I totally agree with that. So, Big Daddy Kane, number one, mm-hmm. number two, Ghostface Killer. Okay, yeah, that okay. was a bad boy. Even though. <laughs> A lot of people like to say they they don't understand nothing that's coming out of his mouth. Mm, that's interesting. I've heard that I a lot. I've heard that a lot. His mouth. But I've heard that a lot. People like, but I don't understand what he's saying because they don't understand what he means. 
Yeah, that's more like it. <laughs> it, it I mean, I, like, it's funny because it's like, that's all right, like I understand, it. like, mm -hmm. what does the, the the pastor in condoms and red tops have to do with anything? Like, you know how some yeah, verses be like... like but that's but him. That's, that's Ghost. Ghostface Killer. Like, let him be. Res let him be, it. man. And I Respect love how multi-dimensional he is with his flow. Yeah. And his delivery. Yeah. His style and is his crazy. His style is just so one of a kind. It is. It is. To the, to the wallabies, to the long minks, everything, man, yeah. about that dude. Ghostface Killer is, is certainly legendary. Yeah, definitely. Number three, Redman. 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 Thank God. Red man is just Reggie Noble. <laughs> the funk doc yeah. is just funk doc the spot. <laughs> Shout I, out to Red man. I love, love Red him, man. man. That's it. Red man. Just it. You ain't even gotta say no more. That's that's that boy. <laughs> Seriously, put Ooh. Brick City on a map. He did. He certainly did. Him along with Lords of the Underground and Naughty by, by Nature. nature. Yep. They all did that. Yes, they, they did. All did that. Yeah. Who who's number four? four? Because it's like. <laughs> it's like it's it's like uh, once I name those top three, yeah, it gets to I really have underrated MCs that are that are in my top, right? That didn't, yeah, you Notable know, like mentions. I, there's other people that would definitely be there if I was naming a top ten, but if yeah. I'm gonna name a top five, I want to put the variety of what I'm really interested in, right? Right? Yeah, I can respect that. And I'm gonna say. Mm -hmm. Sadat X from Brand Nubian mm -hmm. is really is yeah. seriously one of my favorite rappers of all time. He till this day still sounds exactly like the he same did back like then. he did in 1990. Yeah. Okay. I agree. He drops knowledge. All the His time. His flow is very very versatile but still signature and he has a signature sound that mm. he still has today not everyone sound like they did and nope. even some of the nope. people i just they, mentioned so they get they older their the voice and no their more. neck i don't know the throat something happens i don't they, know they they they, they grew fade up. out they yeah, grew up. They, right. They, they, that they voice are box. Grown men now. <laughs> that voice box but changed. But X sounds the same. Mm -hmm. He flows the same. The potency of his lyrical content is the same. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. And he is consistent. Definitely. Till this day, he still drops albums. He's still dropping songs, and he's still aggressively in the studio. And I have so much respect for that. Yeah, I do too. I have I so much too. respect for that. Because you don't have to be. You already you already made your mark in hip hop. You don't Exa have to exactly. Be. You don't have to be, but that's what he, he does it. He does it. He, he, he feels loves like it. he has a duty to keep lyricism alive, and he's doing it. So yeah, let him do his elite, thing. Elite respect, right there. Yeah, elite respect. Absolutely. Um, Number five. And um, last but not least, I'm gonna say Grandmaster Cass. Okay, took it back. Grandmaster Cass. took it back, but that's cool because. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> she, she Young, fresh, wild, and bold uh, is yeah. <laughs> still till this day, right? <laughs> some seriously elite, yeah. And uh, I, I just love Grandmaster Kaz's energy on the microphone. Yeah. If you watch um mm -hmm. the Art of Rap doc that I, I see did, okay. <laughs> Grandmaster Kaz practice. Rhyme mm -hmm. called I'm I, um I'm that some I'm that nigga okay and it it is it, just <laughs> cl classic right all time classic 
Right. And it just shows and proves that Grandmaster Kaz is the MC. <laughs> yeah. And he will always be the MC, no matter what day or time it is. So Master I'm putting ceremony. Grandmaster Kaz up there. Okay. Well, I really appreciate you coming on my podcast, Wisdom, and I, I'm really looking for the opportunity to come on yours. I can't wait till you launch it. Yes. I love New York City, so I, I love the hospitality. Every time I go to NY, I try something different as far crazy. as food is concerned. I always see something <laughs> hip-hop-ish no matter where I go because that's the mecca of hip-hop. Nobody mm-hmm. can take it from y'all. Yeah. It started in the Bronx. It's going to stay in the Bronx. Well, this is I Do It For Hip Hop Podcast. This is your boy, DJ Bugsy. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and the DJ Buddy 215 SoundCloud page. This episode will be available to you tomorrow, June 13, 2017. I'm super excited. I can't wait for y'all to hear this. See y'all next time. I do it for hip hop podcast. Keep it hip hop. Peace.